Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode six of the Give or Take podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Patton, and I'm not going to lie. This week, there hasn't been too much news, but we did have the MLB trade deadline, the NBA draft, NBA free agency, and NHL free agency as well. And then on top of that, for the NFL side, I'm going to continue to go into some of the Madden ratings that have been released and just some of my division standing projections. So let's get right into it. So last week, I gave off some Madden ratings. If you guys listened to last week's episode, I gave off a few positions. We got the top 10 for four other positions this week. We got top safeties, top corners, top linebackers, and top cornerbacks. Or quarterbacks, not cornerbacks. My bad. But we're going to start off with the safeties. The top 10 safeties, it goes, I'm going to go from 10 to 1. So Minka Fitzpatrick, 89. Adrian Amos, 89. See, that's already where I begin my problem because I feel like it's clear that Minka Fitzpatrick is higher than Adrian Amos. And in my opinion, he should not be number 10 on the list. You can make a good case for him being top 5, top 7. There's a few questionable ones, but that's fine. Then number eight, Eddie Jackson at 89. Harrison Smith, 90 overall. Jamal Adams at number six, 90 overall. Number five, Justin Simmons, 91 overall. Number four, Jesse Bates, 91 overall. Very slept on in this league. Him and Justin Simmons are both slept on. Then number three, this player... He's a little questionable. I feel like you can make a good case as to why he's top five. But me personally, I don't think he's top five. You could easily switch him out with like Minka Fitzpatrick or Jesse Bates, Justin Simmons. But as I was saying, number three, it's Devin McCourty. He's a 92 overall. Then number two, Buda Baker, 93 overall. He had a pretty good breakout season last year, if you want to call it that. Then number one, I feel like it's a given. It's obvious that he's a top safety in the league. Tyron Mathieu, the Honey Badger, he got a 95 overall, which you can't complain. And now from for top 10 cornerbacks in the league, so we're going 10 to 1 again. So number 10, Darius Slay with an 88 overall. Then number 9, Kendall Fuller with an 89 overall. Number 8, Denzel Ward, 89 overall. Number 7, James Bradbury, 90 overall. I feel like that's a really good rating for him. I feel like he's one of the slept-on corners in this league that will show that he is a good corner, just he's on a bad team, so he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. Then number 6, Xavier Howard. See, most people, they're going to complain about that because be like, oh, he got 11 interceptions or 10 interceptions. How many interceptions it was? And then for him to not even break the top five. For me, I figured it was going to happen. I don't personally think he's top five. He was able to get those picks mainly because he was paired with Byron Jones on the other side of the field who played really good last year, very slept on. Then number five, Marlon Humphrey at 92. Number four, Tredavious White, 93. And here... Going into top three, here's where I'm going to have some issues, right? So number three is Jair Alexander, who is a 95 overall. Then number two, Stefan Gilmore, 97 overall. 
personally, for me, I feel like you should switch Jair Alexander and Stephon Gilmore. I feel like with Jair Alexander, he's one of those good corners, but he won't get picks. But he's there to lock these players up and do good. Stephon Gilmore, he's a great corner. I just don't think he's number two. I feel like that's Jair Alexander now. And then number one, Jalen Ramsey with a 99 overall, which, I mean, you can't, like, say no. I feel like he's a unanimous number one overall corner in the league. And if you got some problems with it, then I don't know. Now we're going to head on over to the top linebackers. So, once again, just like we have been doing, uh, we're going to start off with 10 and go to number one. Number 10, Deion Jones, 86 overall. Number 9, Miles Jack, 86 overall. Number 8, Dante Hightower, 87 overall. We're going to come into these next few players is the players I got issues with for them being this low. So, the first player being at number 7, Roquan Smith, 88 overall. Complete disrespect. He's a top four linebacker in the league. And then here's another one. Darius Leonard, 89 overall at number six. Really disrespectful. He's a top three corner in the league, in my opinion. Then number five, Eric Kendricks, 90 overall. Number four, Demario Davis, 91 overall. Number three, Bobby Wagner, 92 overall. 92 overall, not number two. Then number two, Levante David, 93 overall. Then number one, Fred Warner, 94 overall. I'm fine with Fred Warner being number one. I feel like you, I feel like it's quite simple to be able to say he's number one overall. Not too many people would debate with you. But in my opinion, it goes number one, Fred Warner. Number two, Darius Leonard. Number three, Roquan Smith. Then number four, Bobby Wagner. So it's disrespectful, in my opinion, to have Darius Leonard and Roquan Smith that low. But, you know, people are going to complain about it because these top tens still never be correct in everyone's eyes in the world. There's always going to be an issue whether one person doesn't like it or two people. There's always going to be that little butting head kind of thing. And now finally going into quarterbacks, which... Man, there's some stuff wrong with this. I'm not even going to lie. So, number 10, Matt Ryan. He's not a top 10 quarterback at all. I don't see it how he could be. He's an 85 overall. Number 9, Ryan Tannehill, 87 overall. Number 8, Dak Prescott, 87 overall. Number 7, Josh Allen, 88 overall. Number 6, Deshaun Watson, 90 overall. Number five, Lamar Jackson, 90 overall. Lamar Jackson is not a top five quarterback. He's really overrated in my opinion. Then number four, Russell Wilson, 94 overall. Number three, Aaron Rodgers, 96 overall. Number two, Tom Brady, 97 overall. And number one, Patrick Mahomes, 99 overall. So if you guys, I didn't really give too much comments on that. If you want to see... My opinion on the top five quarterbacks in the league, you could go check out my TikTok at give or take pod, G-I-V-E-O-R-T-A-K-E-P-O-D. And then just scroll down. It's one of my first videos. 
and I basically gave my opinion on who the top five quarterbacks in the league are. So if you guys can, go give that a like. Give me a follow while you're at it because I try to post new TikToks daily. So, yeah. Now, we're going to stick on this topic of the NFL. And recently, just this past week, I believe, past two weeks, something like that, NFL training camp, I believe it's called, should be training camp. I might be completely blanking, but practices pretty much. Those started, and we've already seen a big fight. Apparently, the Giants had a huge brawl, huge brawl. And Daniel Jones, their franchise quarterback in air quotes, ended up being at the bottom of that pile. I don't know how it started. Don't know what happened. All I know is that their coach, Joe Judge, I believe it is, was very, very mad at the situation. And apparently he made them start running, which I think that's fine because, well, they're grown dudes. They should not be fighting each other. That's just messed up, especially when you're supposed to be a team at that high of a level to be fighting. I mean, it happens every year. There's always fights that happen. But I feel like if it's got the whole team involved in it, then there's truly an issue. But let's hope that it ends up making them stronger as a team because I could see them doing okay this year. Not a playoff team, though. So that could certainly affect them. And it could cause injuries. You never know. Speaking of injuries, the Colts had two big blows this week. Carson Wentz was injured, and then he decided to get surgery, so he'll be out 5 to 12 weeks. And then their offensive guard, my favorite guard in the league, favorite lineman in the league, Quentin Nelson, he is now out 5 to 12 weeks with some sort of foot injury. I hope both of them do get better. Really sucks that players of that talent level can get hurt. Then another player is Kenny Galladay. He got hurt, but his leg injury isn't bad from what I've been seeing all over on the TV, looking through apps, listening to the radio. Just nothing too big for that. And yet then... Joe Burrow, apparently with his injury last season, he apparently hasn't looked the same as his normal self. I believe he went 5 for 12 with only one pass over 10 yards the other day. So that's not a good thing at all. And then Tyreek Hill also ended up leaving practice yesterday with a knee tendonitis. So... There's so much going on. I hope all these players end up being safe, um, healthy. Just Hopefully there's not too many injuries this season as there was last season. Hopefully there won't be because there's actually going to be preseason games and stuff like that. So that's all you can hope for. Pray for the best. And over this past week, I've decided to sit down and do a little division standing prediction. I didn't go all out and do their team records. 
I'd say because I don't know. I feel like that's just too much. But if you guys want to see me do that, certainly let me know. Because if the fans want it, I'll do it for sure. And so we're going to start off with the AFC. And so with the AFC North, I got the Bengals in fourth place. I feel like that's a given due to they're a young team. Still got a ton of holes to fill. And then number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like they're not going to be that competitive this year. They're in the same boat as other teams like the Bears where they have these talented players, just none of it's working together. Just got a bunch of young players still that need to break out. So there's that. And then number two, the Ravens. They haven't solved their issue at wide receiver, in my opinion. I don't think Sammy Watkins will help them all that much if Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball accurately. So that's an issue then. Number one, the Cleveland Browns. I feel like that's a given. I think Baker Mayfield will truly have a breakout year this season. They improved their defense by signing Jadavion Clowney, that safety from the Rams, I believe, then the D-tackle from the Eagles, as well as drafting Jeremiah Wosu, Cora Mora, and Greg Newsom, both positions of need. And so they decided to handle it this past offseason. So they're going to be really good. I think they're Super Bowl contenders. Then over in the AFC East, I got the Jets at four. I feel like that's a given considering they were the second worst team in football last year with what was it, two, three wins, if that. So many holes on that team. Then number three, the Patriots. They did end this year. They got Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith in the offseason. They got a bunch of players coming back that opted out last year because of COVID. But they still have an issue with wide receivers and quarterback. If Cam Newton could play, good for him. Otherwise, if can't, they're going to have to give rookie quarterback Mac Jones a try. But there's they got a good offensive line, too. Then number two, the Miami Dolphins. They had a good season last year, 10-6. and six. But I feel like this season all relies on how well Tua Tagovailoa plays for them because last year wasn't looking good for him considering all this hype he had. I Me mean, personally, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback that everyone thinks he is. But that's fine. And then number one, the... They went to the AOC Championship last year. They certainly can do it again this year. The Buffalo Bills, there were rumors actually that they might consider going to Austin, Texas, which is kind of weird. But for this season, they're going to be in Buffalo. They're only going to get better. They, Off the top of my head, they didn't lose anyone significant. Josh Allen is just going to play better. Stephon Diggs is going to do his thing. So they'll be in the good position. They just need to figure out their running back situation with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Me personally, I think Devin Singletary is the answer, but we'll just have to see with that. Then over in the AFC South, we got the Texans at four. I feel like that's a give me as well. They played bad last season, and they might be worse this year if Deshaun Watson plays or not. So that's all dependent on their season. They also lost Will Fuller. So, yeah, there's that. They also traded away J.J. Watt. And I forgot who it was. 
Chandler Jones wants to be traded as well. Then number three, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, worst team in football last year, but I certainly don't think the roster truly showed or the record showed that they could be an okay team. Um, They got a little quarterback competition with Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence. I feel like Trevor Lawrence will end up being the starter for them, though. They need to figure out a few things, especially with their offensive line. Their defense could be good. I wouldn't put it against them because they got Miles Jack, Josh Allen. So they certainly can be good. And then number two, I put the Colts. I did this before Carson Wentz and Quinton Nelson got hurt. But either way, I don't think that changes too much. I think they stay at number two. And this season really does rely on quarterback play and how well Carson Wentz can play after he gets back from this injury, whether it be five to 12 weeks. So he could be back by week one or he'll be out almost half the season. Eh, Not half the season, but a good portion of time. Then number one, I got the Titans. Great offense. They're going to have a really good offense this year with Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown with an okay offensive line. It's nothing too special, but they did lose tight end Jonu Smith. And then defensively, they're not going to be good defensively. It's going to be like another Cowboy situation, just better in my opinion. They've lost a few good names this past few years, but they're still going to be good enough to win their division. And then going over to the AFC West, I got the Broncos in last place because they have this quarterback issue and they try to solve it by bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, which simply won't cut it, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke taking the snaps for them. They could be a top team in this division, but with their quarterback situation, they're not going to be. Then number three, I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Almost said Oakland, but they're in Las Vegas now. I feel like that's sort of simple. Not too much to say for them. They're just an okay team all around. Then number two, I got the... Los Angeles Chargers almost said San Diego too but Justin Herbert he's gonna have another good year he's got good receivers to throw to Austin Eckler is a good running back and now they got a good offensive line which was a huge issue by getting who was it Corey Lindsley and then drafted Rashawn Slater so that's huge and then Darwin James will finally be able to be fully healthy again. So I certainly expect to see good things from them. I'll be cheering them on this year from an AFC perspective because I'm a Bears fan, if you guys didn't know. And then number one in the AFC West, there's no debate for this at all. It's got to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Great team. Will continue to be great either way. And that's the way it will be in the AFC. Then now heading on over in the NFC, we're going to have for the NFC North, we'll go Lions at four. They're going to be a bottom two team in the league this year just because they don't have anything besides an 
pretty solid O-line with Penny Sewell, Frank Ragno. Then number three, Chicago Bears. Yep, I said it, Chicago Bears. Sucks for me to say they're going to be number three. I hope they could be number one. Really do, but Andy Dalton, he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to be able to take us to the promised land. We still got another year or two before we get back to our 2018 selves. Then number two, we got the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like they're the better team over the Bears all around, not position-wise, but all around. They'll be a better team with Justin Jefferson having a great rookie season. I don't think he'll be able to get those yards again this year, but they're going to be a good team. Then number one, I got the Packers. Now that it has come out that Aaron Rodgers will be playing his final year. They made it to the NFC Championship last year. Very well could do it again this year. And now over in the NFC East, at number four, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. Won't be good, in my opinion. Love the dude in college. He was a great player, but his play style, in my opinion, doesn't translate to the NFL. He's still got to work on some things like throwing accuracy. The dude could run, but people overrate him so much. And then they just got so many issues besides quarterback as well. Then number three, I got the New York Giants. I feel like they're a good team defensively. They'll, I, In my opinion, they could have a top 10 defense in the league. But their offense is going to be what holds them back with Daniel Jones and their offensive line. Those, The offensive line and quarterback are the two X factors for them this season. So we're going to have to see for that. And don't mind that voice crack. Then number two, the Dallas Cowboys. Their offense is going to be great this year if Dak Prescott stay health, stays healthy. It was great when he was healthy last year. So I don't see why he can't be great again this season. And then number one, the team that took the division last year will be the same team that takes it this year. Washington football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a good quarterback for sure, but he's not going to be able to take them to a Super Bowl. But it'll take them to a first-round playoff loss against whoever the number one seed in the – or, guess number two seed in the NFC is because the number one seed will be on a bye. Great team defensively. Once again, I could see them being top ten, but quarterbacks really holding them back. And they also got Curtis Samuel now at wide receiver, who's pretty good to be a wide receiver too alongside Terry McLaurin who's going to have a breakout year this year. And now, in the NFC South, I'm going Atlanta Falcons. I just don't see that them being that good this year, losing Julio Jones. Their defense isn't there, man. Brady Jarrett's the only bright spot off the top of my head that I could think of as of now. Then... Third in the division, I got the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold will do good for them. But I just can't see them being better than the Saints or Buccaneers. So, number two, I got the Saints. Jameis Winston, he's already been a proven quarterback. Well, somewhat proven. 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns, whatever it was. Also, 5,000 yards. The dude's going to be great. Well, no, he's not going to be great. But 
I feel like him learning behind Drew Brees last season truly will help him with his accuracy and decision-making because Drew Brees is arguably the most accurate quarterback of all time. And then, number one, I'm putting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, well, coming off of a Super Bowl win with the exact same team, so all these dudes have experience. They started off bad last year, but then they finally got it all together. And now that it's all together, I think that they're just going to keep rolling as a team. And now into the NFC West. This division was really difficult for me to come up with because of how talented all these teams are. So starting it off, I'm going with the Seahawks at number four. It's truly could be a good team, but their offensive line's bad. It's bad which is one of the reasons why Russell Wilson wanted to leave, but he ended up deciding to stay, which is fine. Offensive line, horrible. But Chris Carson playing running back, Wilson quarterback, and then Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf will be good for sure. But then they also got a bad defense, so defense needs to step it up. And now for number three, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Last year, they dealt with injuries all season long. Pretty much most of their defense was gone. So they're all coming back healthy. Their defense is going to be good. There's going to be no issues with them defensively. It's offensively what I'm worried about with their quarterback situation and Jimmy Garoppolo and um, Trey Lance, whether how their season depends on how well they play truly. And Raheem Moser at wide receiver or – Whoa, not wide receiver. He's a running back. The dude's made of glass. If he was, if he's able to stay healthy, I can see him being a really good running back. The dude's fast, really fast. Then tight end, George Kittle, best tight end in the league, no doubt. And now number two, I got the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't make any significant changes besides bringing on J.J. Watt. It was going to help their defense out, which is what they needed. Is offensively, they're pretty good with DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. Their running back situation is a little iffy, but it's running backs. You're going to, if you have a good offensive line, which they have an okay one, the running backs will be able to perform. Then Kyler Murray, I like him much more than Lamar Jackson. He could actually throw the ball, and I think he'll be able to play pretty well this year. And then number one, I got the Los Angeles Rams. I feel like their defense, top defense in the league. Then their offense, now with Matthew Stafford, is going to be able to give them that boost that they need. It sucks that Cam Akers is out for the season. It really does. But I don't think they're going to have to rely on the running backs like they have in the past with like Todd Gurley because now they got a quarterback that could throw the ball accurately. So... That's all my standing division standing predictions this year. If you guys want, next week I could do records and discuss the, my playoff predictions. Because, well, we already know who I think are making the playoffs. That'd be the Browns, Bills, Titans, Chiefs, Packers, Washington football team, Buccaneers, and the Rams. So, yeah, I could certainly do my little playoff predictions on the wild card games. So, just let me know if you want to see that. Just DM me on Instagram at give or take pod. 
So yeah, certainly just let me know. Now that we're finally done with all that NFL talk, almost 28 minutes right there, we're going to go on over into the MLB. They recently had their trade deadline this past Friday. And certainly some teams got better. Some teams got worse, especially my Chicago Cubs. Really sucked to see Anthony Rizzo go. He's my favorite baseball player all time. I teared up when I found out that he got traded, actually. It really sucked for me. Still plan on getting his jersey because I don't have a jersey of his yet. Then it sucks seeing Chris Bryant go because he was part of that core World Series team. And the same with Javier Baez. It just sucks to see them go, but it's for the better. Hopefully, we could get Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant back in free agency. So now I'm just going to go over what teams have acquired. So the Giants traded for Chris Bryant. The Yankees acquired Heaney from the Angels. The Braves acquired Jorge Soler from the Royals, which will help them, especially with Acuna out for the year, sadly. Then the Cardinals got um, Lester and Hat. Then the Phillies got Gibson and Kennedy from the Rangers. The Mets got Baez, like I said. Then the White Sox got Craig Kimbrell. The Blue Jays got Berrios from the Twins. The Brewers got Norris from the Tigers. The Braves got Rosario from Cleveland. They also got Duval from the Marlins, and they gave up Jackson. If you guys are wondering, I'm reading off of NFL's trade deadline tracker that they have, so... That's why I'm not saying first names because I'm just going off of that. Then the Red Sox were able to get Kyle Schwarber. The Dodgers, arguably the biggest trade at the deadline, they were able to land Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to allow them to become that top team over on the NL side, which was absolutely huge. Huge for them. That puts them back into World Series contention. They just got to fix a few things. One of them being Cody Ballinger. He needs to get his stuff together. He's in the slump. So we'll see for that. Then the Yankees, like I said, they got Anthony Rizzo. Really sucked to see him go. The Dodgers got Duffy from the Royals. Then the Blue Jays got closer hand from the Nationals. The White Sox were able to get Hernandez from Cleveland. Then the Yankees were able to get Joey Gallo, another slugger. Huge. I think them acquiring Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo will certainly help them make this playoff push. Then the A's got Starling Marte, which was huge. The Padres... They got the MLB lead leader in hits as of when the trade deadline happened with Adam Frazier. I mean, they're just going to continue to get good and be a World Series contender for years to come now with their stacked roster of Manny Machado, everyone's favorite, Fernando Tatis. They got Frazier now. They got... Yu Darvish, all these good pitchers too. 
Then the Rays were able to get Nelson Cruz from the Twins. Then the Braves were able to get Jack Peterson. And the Braves were also able to get Evoked, I believe his name is. And so those were all the trades that happened. Really busy for all of them. Personally, for me, I'm not the biggest in the MLB. Love the sport, though. So I can't really comment on every trade. But like I said, Chris Bryant to the Giants, good move for them. That will help them stay at the top of the NL standings. Yankees able to get Joey Gallo and Rizzo was good. The Braves made some really good moves. Padres made some a good move. So some of these teams all made some good moves. I'm excited to see the way the rest of this season plays out because it's going to be interesting for sure. My predictions for World Series, I'll go Dodgers versus, man, who could it be? I'm trying to think of the top teams in the AL now. Yankees, in my opinion, are going to be good. I've already said that, but are they going to be able to reach the World Series? That's a thing. Then you also got the Rays who are somehow on top. The Red Sox are also good. Oh, the White Sox. There it is. That's going to be your World Series this season. It will be the Dodgers versus White Sox. The White Sox got the best bullpen in the league now after getting Craig Kimbrell. Everyone's coming back from injuries now. They did lose Nick Madrigal in the Craig Kimbrell trade, but I feel like Craig Kimbrell will help them win now. It's a rental situation because his contract is up after this year. So they're going to be able to reach the World Series, I think, for sure. Hopefully Tony La Russa doesn't mess it up for them. Can't believe I'm talking this highly about them, though, considering I'm a Cubs fan at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's going to be it from the MLB. The MLB trade deadline wasn't the only thing that's gone on in the sports world. We also just finished the NHL free agency, and there were certainly some huge moves that happened. Um, so I'm just going to briefly go down a list, read off some of the big names that switched teams because there's still some big names like Alec Martinez. He ended up staying. So, yeah, we're just going to start it off. Blake Coleman, he went from the Lightning but signed to the Flames for six years, $29.4 million. Then Philip Grubauer. This one was big news for me because – he was able to sign with the crack in six years, $35.4 million. But they got to redo the contract because something was wrong. So that's going to have to be fixed. But that's going to be good for the crack. And they got this good goalie. Then arguably the best defenseman free agent, Dougie Hamilton. He went from the Canes to the Devils for seven years, $63 million. Then Zach Hyman. He went from the Leafs to the Oilers for seven years, $38.5 million. Philip Denault, he went from the Canadians to Kings, six years, $33 million. Uh, Frederick Anderson from the Leafs, he went to the Canes for two years, $9 million. Kyle Palmieri, he's still a free agent. Then Nick Foligno, he went from the Maple Leafs to the Bruins, two years, $7.6 million. 
Brandon Saad, he went from the Evs to the Blues. Five years, $22.5 million. Corey Perry pulled a KD. He said, if you can't beat him, join him. He went from being on the Canadians to signing with the Lightning for two years, $2 million. Which is wild. Then you got Mike Hoffman. He went from the Blues to the Canadians on three years, $13.5 million. Then Braden Holtby, he signed with the Stars after having a bad year on the Canucks. So he decided to get a change of scenery, go to the Stars on one year, $2 million. Then Antiranta, he went from the Coyotes to the Hurricanes, two years, $4 million. Um, I'm just looking at my list that I have written down. David Riddich, he went from the Leafs to the Predators on a one-year $1.25 million. And then there's also a ton of restricted free agents still that are big names. You got Elias Elias Pedersen, Brady Tuchuk, Elias Rokin, Igor Shosturkin, Shosturkin, I mean, Andre Svechnikov, Carter Hart, Patrick Laine. Oh, he went to the Blue Jackets, though. He signed a one-year $7.5 million. Sorry on that. So, yeah, we're going to have to just wait and see. There was also some trades that went down. Darcy Kemper, he is now on the Evs, I want to say. So, that's a good move for them especially after they lost Philip Grubauer. So they're still going to be able to be competing for the cup, still going to be the favorites to win the cup as well. Uh, Maybe. The Lightning are also up there. Then the Blackhawks, they made some moves. They made some really big moves to make them competitive again. So thank God that happened. They were able to uh, trade for Marc-Andre Fleury. I said that last week. But last week, it was reported that he might retire. But thankfully, he decided to play this season out in Chicago. He's going to be wearing number 29, as expected. Then, So that's going to be great that he's going to be able to mentor Lincoln and make him an even better goalie while playing at the top of the level, coming off of his Vezina year, even though Vasi deserved it more. Then they also were able to trade for Seth Jones, which I talked about last week. Great trade again. And then we were also able to trade for Tyler Johnson. So we were able to get all these good players to bring us back to these, I wouldn't say contenders, but we're going to be competitive. We're a playoff team with Flurry playing. So it's going to be fun to watch the Blackhawks this year, unlike it has been for the past few years now. So I'm truly excited. Jonathan Taves is coming back. Thankfully, he's feeling better. We still got Kane, still got Doc, still got the Brinket. We're ready to go. We're ready to make this push. Bowman said, you know what? Screw the rebuild that I was going to do. We're here to compete now. We only got a few years left with Kane, so we're going to enjoy it and be a competitive team like we should be and have been in the past. This week in sports has been crazy because not only have we had the MLB trade deadline and the NHL free agency, we've also had the NBA free agency. So I'm going to briefly go over that after I talk about this Russell Westbrook trade. 
the Lakers traded for Russ Westbrook after giving up Kyle Kuzma and some other players and pick Russ Westbrook. See, my opinion, I hate this move. Absolutely hate it. The Lakers, they're going to be a good team this year after seeing what they've done in free agency, but I'm sick of seeing these super teams that are having to be formed to have to compete with these other super teams. In my opinion, it's ruining the league. It's the worst thing that could happen to it. If I'm the commissioner of the NBA, I'm not allowing it. It's been stopped in the past with the Chris Paul to the Lakers, and it should be stopped again now because right now it is terrible for the league, terrible for the direction in sports. Where has the loyal players been, and where has these great players gone? Because I like seeing teams like the Bucks or Suns make the NBA Finals and compete in them really well without having to worry about what super team is going to win, whether it be the Nets or the Lakers. I absolutely hate it. It started off with the Warriors. That was awful. Absolutely hated it. The Heat were another one a few years ago. It just pisses me off that this is happening and going on in the league. But now we'll start talking about free agency. Atlanta Hawks, We're gonna. I'm going to briefly go through every team that's made some big news. So the Atlanta Hawks extended Trey Young to a huge max contract for however much it was, $205 million. Then John Collins also got a five-year deal, which was huge. And then the Brooklyn Nets, super teams hate them. They got Blake Griffin and Patrick Mills. Patty Mills, whatever you want to call him. Then the Charlotte Hornets, they traded Devontae Graham to the Pelicans. And now, one of my favorite teams in the NBA, the Chicago Bulls, they made moves. They're going to be a second-round playoff team this year. Mark my words. We got we signed DeMar DeRozan in a sign-and-trade for three years. Great player. My favorite NBA player all time. Going to my hometown team. Absolutely love it. Then you got Lonzo Ball. He signed as well with the Bulls. My favorite point guard in the league. Absolutely love to see it. Then we also got Alex Crusoe to sharpen out our bench. Then we traded Daniel Tice. Then we also signed Tony Bradley because Vucevic was the only center on our team. Personally, I would have preferred if we traded Laurie Markkinen for a center, but... That's whatever. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers, they gave Jared Allen a bag for five years. Then the Dallas Mavericks, they re-signed Tim Hardaway for four years. Re-signed Boban Marjanovic. Um, Sterling Brown's coming. Reggie Bullock's going. And then the Denver Nuggets, they got Austin Rivers, Jeff Green, well, that's reportedly all of these for the Nuggets are reports, but Austin Rivers, Jeff Green, Will Barton, then the Golden State Warriors. Holy cow! They gave Stephen Curry another bag, his second contract w- worth over two hundred million dollars. The first player in NBA history with two contracts over two hundred million dollars. So good for him. Then they also got Nemanja Bielica and Otto Porter. Then the Rockets, like I said, they got Daniel Tice. The Pacers were able to re-sign TJ McConnell. They got Torrey Craig as well. 
The Clippers re-signed Nicholas Batum. And here comes the super team, the Lakers. Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Trevor Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, and Kendrick Nunn. I don't know where they found the money for that, but they somehow managed to make it work while also being able to exile Taylor Horton Tucker for another three years. Now, the Miami Heat, they were able to trade for Kyle Lowry, which has been a thing in talks for weeks now. So that's not too big of a surprise. Sucks for me, though, because I'm a Raptors and Bulls fan. And seeing Kyle Lowry gone is kind of sad, but whatever. Then Jimmy Butler got extended as well. Then Duncan Robinson, he got paid. Absolutely paid. He's now the highest paid undrafted player of all time. And then they also got P.J. Tucker. While being able to keep Victor Aladipo, who signed a league minimum, which so sad to see, considering he was such a good player at one point, then injuries ruined him. Then the Bucs were able to bring back Bobby Portis. Then the Pel- Pelicans, they got Devontae Graham, Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple. Then the Knicks, they were able to get Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, and then extended Derrick Rose, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and Taj Gibson. They're going to be a good team once again, but they have too many guards. So I wouldn't be too shocked if there's a trade going on because now they got Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, and some other teams, or not teams, players. Then the Thunder, they gave Shea Gilgis Alexander the back, which he definitely deserved. So good for him. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's fun to watch, entertaining, got good style. So good for him, man. He deserved it. Then the 76ers were able to bring in Andre Drummond, which is kind of funny considering him and Joel Embiid haven't had a good history as of late. Then the Phoenix Suns, they were able to get Chris Paul back on a four-year deal and Cameron Payne while being able to get JaVale McGee. So that's good. Then the Portland Trail Blazers got Norman Powell on a five-year deal. They extended him. Then the Sacramento Kings, Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Maurice Harkless, and Terrence Davis. They're not going to be that good. Then the Spurs, they lost to Martin Rosen, obviously, because he is now a bull. So not much has happened for them besides Zach Collins, Doug McDermott, Brent Forbes is back. Then the Raptors, they're going to be getting Goran Dragic from the Kyle Lowry sign and trade, which it's not horrible, just not my favorite. Certainly not. Then we extended Gary Trent, which I'm really happy about. He's going to be good. He's 22 years old. Haven't reached his prime yet. He's still got time to get much better than he will, which I think he will, certainly. And then they got Sam Deckard, which was really confusing. The dude hasn't played in the league for two years. We don't need him. We need centers right now, especially since we just let Aaron Baines go. I was hoping they'd sign Andre Drummond, but whatever. Then the Jazz, they extended Mike Conley again. 
while also getting Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside. Then the Washington Wizards to finish out free agency so far, they are going to be getting Spencer Dinwiddie, it looks like. So they're not going to be too good, but that's whatever. There's still one huge name in free agency that's still out there. Kawhi Leonard, after declining his player option, it was expected that he would decline it just to sign a new offer with the Clippers. But it's kind of getting a little concerning that he hasn't re-signed yet if that was a plan. So we're just going to have to see where that one goes because Kawhi Leonard, any team would want him, certainly. But now, since a few days have gone by, not many teams have cap space for him. The Lakers are not an option anymore. Wish the Bulls were an option at one point, but they weren't. The Raptors, hey, the Raptors could get him. I wouldn't mind the Raptors getting him, but I don't think he comes back, sadly. He's most likely going to end up staying with the Clippers. I don't see why he wouldn't. They're a good team with Paul George on there. So, yeah, that's just going to round out NBA free agency here. Man, it's starting to seem like week after week, my podcast is just getting longer and longer. Like last week I said, or not last week, the week before last week, I was like, this is the new longest podcast episode. And then last week, a new longest podcast episode. But now this week, I blow it out of the water with a 50-minute podcast pretty much to be the longest podcast episode. So I'd just like to say thank you guys if you did listen to it this entire 50 minutes. Thank you for the support. If you can, can you follow me on Instagram and TikTok at give or take pod, G-I-V-E-O-R-T-A-K-E. Or no, hold on. I'm so sorry. G-I-V-E-O-R-T-A-K-E-P-O-D. So that what what I just said. So just type that in. It will be there with my logo. It's the same thing as the little screen on your phone that you're listening to this on. Like that logo. So yeah, thank you guys so much for staying here. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. So long.